Oh, you guys, and I, I love that. Um, I love it, but we don't have much time, so I'm going to, I had a couple things. So, man, I have had a really awesome, eventful, difficult week in my spiritual living. Like, there's been growth really happening to me, and I guess I'll just take a few minutes and kind of, I've got a perspective that I'll cast out to you guys, and hopefully it'll stick to someone or all of us, and we'll be done with that. So, I, uh, all through the week, there's been a lot going on in my life that have pointed me to Jesus, and I've been an extra heavy prayer to Jesus, and I, as, as a consequence, I feel like the, the spiritual battle, some of you have already mentioned it, has been really real. And so to a level that, that is uncommon or heightened. So about Wednesday night, I got woke up. I think I went to bed a little later than I, it might have been Tuesday night. I got to bed a little later than normal because... I got home late, I don't remember now, but it was around 11 o'clock. I'm usually in bed before it's dark. Uh, so I go to sleep, a lot of things on my mind. Tish and I have been talking through some different difficult things that are going on around us and where would God have us and what's the purpose and just trying to be faithful in that. And so I got woke up at like midnight or 1 o'clock and I was up the rest of the night and I was just like really jotting down some things. I was going to try to go cover some of that, but I'm being led away from that because I don't think it would be presented in a way in 10 minutes that would make sense to us. So I'm going to go away from that, and I'm going to go to something else in my life that will be easy for me to talk about because it's exactly what happened to me. So, And I'm going to give you some examples, and I guess this message would be titled Open-Mindedness, Willingness, and Honesty. That's going to be the title of this one. So, and, and I guess what I'm, so I'll use some examples because I don't think I can explain it any other way. There's three, three different things. I jotted them down before I walked in. There's three different things that, hold on, before I go there. In order to fully receive what I'm talking about. So there's, there are, God has freely given us the cross. You don't pay for that. You don't have to measure up to that. You don't need to live up to that. You don't need to change it. You come as you are to the cross. You never have to earn that. There is no, you can't earn it. There is no possible way we can earn what happened here to give us what we get from it, the gift, okay, the good news. However, in order to flourish and really abound there are some requirements, like he's calling us into a relationship, right? And you guys know if you've ever been in any kind of relationship, and I'm not just talking like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, I'm talking about friends, sponsors, all that relationship, it is a work in progress, and it takes effort. So, if that's true, and Jesus has called us into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, like being the glue that holds that together, there are some requirements, and they're very specific in the Word. We talked about them last week, and I want to just, just say that before I go on. 
because this is how we get sprung free. And the requirements are you have to come to a place of repentance. Like you have to come to a place to where you own who you are and like you discover that and you start to see it. Now the enemy will try to tear you apart with that, right? The enemy is going to try to make you feel, and we've talked about this, uh, every, this, is our, this is our foundation of why we meet together. You are not who you think you are. You are not the bad, dope addict, loser, horrible, liar, cheat, steal, thief, adulterer. You're not that, that you tell yourself who you are. That is how you acted. When you're saved, you become born again. You become royalty, a child of God, a new creation, a new creature, made full in His image. You're able to go out and conquer where you could never conquer. So we know that's for sure. So don't get that confused. Now the enemy, when you enter into a place of repentance, it's going to be heavy regardless, right? Because we get a heavy, I heard someone say it already, a heavy heart. Like I'm heavy. I know that I'm making these decisions that are, I love you, and I've made decisions that contradict that love, and I hate myself over it. That's how the enemy wants you to feel. Jesus wants you to feel drawn to him through it. Like Adam and Eve, when they ate the fruit, they immediately knew, "Uh uh-oh, we did something wrong. They immediately knew it, right? And so what did the the serpent said, "Uh uh-oh. And so he convinces them, you need to hide. You got to go hide. And God comes looking for him. He hunts them down. Why are you hiding from me? He already knows. He doesn't, you don't need, so that's the first part. You would not need to hide from God. There is nothing you've done, like, I don't know, in one of the meetings who says that, what is it, the chicken story or something? There is nothing you could do that God hasn't seen you do, and he is waiting on you to, sur- to give it to him, to lay it at his feet. And when you repent like that, then something else has to kind of couple with it. And I think this is harder than repenting. You have to forgive your neighbor. Those are requirements. You don't get to walk around with, with grudges and resentments against people in your life. I'm not saying they aren't going to come into your life. You have to work with the Holy Spirit through the process of releasing them, allowing Him to come over them and to be master over those in your life. So how would that happen if I'm trapped? Okay, so this is like a call out. And it's like, an, I guess the right word would be epiphany message. Like this is a, and here's how it happened. This is how I got, this is how he got it to me this week because I'm pretty simple, right? It, if I just go in here and try to hunt this stuff down, it's hard for me. My life pushes me into here. And when I get pushed into here, I discover it. And so if that's the first thing. If you want more, you should come get more. It'll, I promise you he'll reveal it to you. You will not be left hungry. You will find it. If you've ever been in here, it's in here. And he wants to talk to you through it. It's alive. This is alive. Okay. But that's too hard for me. So the way he does it for me is like really silly epiphany-like moments. So the first one's this, and I'll hurry. So 
I just went on a golf trip. I hate golf. <laughs> First off, I've only got half a body. I've got this bad leg and shoulder and stuff. So, but I go because it's a fellowship of men, and I want to be with these guys. I, some of them I don't see a lot, and I want to go fellowship with them, and I take a new guy. And so I, I was really drawn to do that, and I had awesome time in the spirit. And, but I did golf some, and it got me thinking along the lines of where God's been working this week, about my golf. Now, I don't know if you guys, I think some of you know, i only been golfing like, I, I just picked up golf like four years ago. I'd never golfed in my life, and four years ago they invited me to this outing, and I went. And, and I thought, it just struck me at the right time of life, I thought, I'm going to get good at this. So, so for three years, and I'm not exaggerating, every single day, I hit a golf ball in some form or fashion, whether it was practice. I think the only day I missed was Christmas. Would that be accurate? Because I had a membership over at the driving range. I would go over there three times a day sometimes. I'd go over there, get really frustrated, come home and watch a YouTube video and realize, oh, man, that's what I was doing. And I'd go back. Here's the point of this, though. So I can go out and I can golf and I can get in this something going on in my golf swing and I can just like get really horrible and like and score way worse than I would typically average score and I I've struggled through that struggle through that until finally this has been my experience I would go to a coach a guy that I know that has given me lessons and I would finally get frustrated enough that I would call this guy up and I'd be like Dude, can I spend 30 minutes with you? And I would go over to this coach, and he would say, well, let me see you hit a golf ball. I would hit a golf ball, and he would make one simple, I mean, I'm talking, sometimes it was just hold your fingers different. And he would make this little baby suggestion, and whap, I'm hitting him like Tiger Woods. Okay, so that's lesson number one. Listen to the, first off, go to the coach, which obviously, if you haven't figured it out, that's God. <laughs> go to the coach and listen to his instruction, right? So when he instructs you, take the instruction and put it in practice. That's the first one. Okay. Actually, I only have two. The second one just happened this week on Thursday. And so uh, it was the day before Rick and I had our exchange, and I was really digging in, kind of starting to try to prepare for today. I'd already wrote a bunch of stuff that night before, and I'm driving. I'm going to go to Summit Lake because I'm meeting a young guy that I'm trying to get to know, and I was going to spend a couple hours with him, fishing with him. And so... Uh, he's got a little boat. So I, I meet him down there and I jump in his boat with him and I'm just talking with him. And then I have a buddy text me that, I don't know if this is going to make sense or not now that I'm saying it, but it makes really good sense to me. Um, so I get, I have a guy text me and he wants me to come by his house because he's got issues with a thing on his boat and I know about how to fix it. So I said, sure. And I said, send me your address. I didn't really want to go. But I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the midst of this spiritual thing and like connecting with others. And so I, 
I get dropped off and I type in his address and it takes me like I would go to Summit Lake via State Road 3. I've seen Daniel there working on State Road 3 before. Uh, actually, he saw me. Um, I w- I've went that way for all, I don't know, 35 years. This guy's address had me leave Summit Lake a different route, and guess what? This route is like 12 minutes faster to my house than it is from State Road 3. And I could have never opened my mind to the possibility that there was another route that fit better without the intervention of that guy in my life, I would have never found that, right? So when I think about that, are you, this is what I would say, and we'll leave it at this. Open-mindedness means that you might be driving to Summit Lake on State Road 3, and it works, and it'll work for the rest of your life, and it doesn't seem to be an issue, but is it your best route? And so how do you find your best route? You allow someone, the Holy Spirit, to speak into your life about the route you're on. So, and it doesn't mean the driving route, but the route that you're pursuing, the avenue you're going down, the way that you make your decisions. Is it the best way for you to make your decisions that put you in the best possible position to then be full in his conquering spirit? Or are we, are we three quarters full and we think we're full? We need to open our mind to the route we're taking. Lord, we thank you for that. I pray that that would settle on our spirits. Uh, I know, thank you for the 12 minutes. I know that. Not only that, but the the beauty, how the route unfolded in just a beautiful scenery. Thank you for the incredible teaching in such a simple mind and how that will take shape and hold my life and that you'll use it someday in a real situation where I can be prepared to be open-minded. Lord, I pray that each person heard that, that they would leave here today knowing that and considering the possibility to calling you into situations in their life where they could consider another route, that they wouldn't let fear and lack of faith beat them back, that they would hear the route and they would simply take it. We know you won't lead us down a route that will put us in harm's way. It might look hard and it might be hard, But we're going to be faithful in the fact that you're leading us down that new route because it is exactly where you want us to be. It is exactly where we can be of most use to you. And it is exactly where we will be fulfilled. So I pray today that we'd leave here knowing that and that we would travel that scary route. That we would put fear in our rearview mirror and we would just faithfully move forward into our new route. In Jesus' name, amen.